Hey, howdy folks. Welcome to Sketchy Conversations with John and Melson IV. On today's episode, I'm chatting with drummer Kenny Chaos. We're doing a little bit of chatting about wrestling, rock music, and some other topics too. Um, we take it to a street level as well, so if you're offended by language, hey, can't say it didn't warn you. So, how's it looking on your end? Oh man, things looking good. Um, weather's kind of messed up right now, but you know I'm pretty sure you know we're in, we're in springtime, so soon will be sunny days. Oh yeah, so where you at? Uh, I'm right now. I'm staying in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, right now. Um, pretty much been in this area for the last few years. I kind of like it here. Yeah. Where you from? D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, man. You know, um, DMV native. You know what I'm saying? Been here all my life. Yeah, I got you. No, yeah. no, I'm from uh, Temple Hill, but I call the place parts unknown because no, no one knows what the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. Well, people are more familiar with it now, but it's like when I was growing up, they were like, yeah, I'm from Temple Hills. They just kind of stare at you. Right. And I was like, I'm from D.C., okay? Like, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's basically that's basically what I tell everybody when I when I travel or, you know, because a lot of people that's here now uh, are not even from here. You know, no. It's like a lot of a lot of transplants. Absolutely. That's always been the way, though. You know, like a lot of people have roots like North Carolina, South Carolina or Virginia, you know, mm-hmm. and then they pop up here, you know, on the way to New York and then they settle in here because fuck it, you know. Right. People like me, I'm trying to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, because I've been here all my life, so I mean, you know, it's kind of my little aquarium. I feel you. You know, I remember like I'm growing cross country. Actually, right there is literally no place, maybe except for Atlanta. Besides from that, maybe Detroit too. There's mm-hmm. really no place like this area. Like, <laughs> yeah, I-, I know you're right. Like I didn't realize it until I got around. Like, well, shit. I wow! No wonder everybody gets so surprised when they pop into the area. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so all right, so when did you start playing drums? Uh, started like early two thousand. Um, you know, started started playing in church. You know, it was my first gig. You know, and uh, from there, um, I had always had a interest in um, rock bands. You know what I mean? So I joined my first rock band in like 2002. We were called Hollow Point, and uh, we were in the we were in the um, Southern Maryland La Plata area. Very familiar with that place. Yeah, yeah. We we made a matter of fact. We used to play with Good Charlotte when Good Charlotte was nobody. We was getting eggs thrown at them. Funny story. And, uh, yeah. You first. You first. Oh yeah, no. I was just you know just in a nutshell. We we used to play with Good Charlotte and them at these little bar, these little sinkhole bars, uh, you know, and um, just kept going from there. Funny story, my guitar teacher Mike Stacy actually played a couple shows with them. Was like, as they call them the Twins, I didn't realize they were twins actually until years later. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. So, yeah, because I remember hearing stories about them, like um, that sometimes when they would pop up to DC, they had kind of stuck up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So I don't know. Do you have any memories of playing shows with them, or what do you kind of like? Yeah, no, I really don't remember playing shows with them. I just know that we did, you know. Um, and when, like, at the t- when I found out that they were huge at the time, I was like, "Damn, we used to play shows with them," you know. But yeah, I mean, you know, the play the area it was where we used to 
do a lot of stuff at. And, um, you know, we didn't, that, that band that I was with, we didn't last long, a couple of years. But I had a lot of fun, and that was my first experience. So it just encouraged me to keep on going, man. There you go. Wait, wait, yeah. wait. You said you started playing drums in 2000, right? Yeah. So you've been playing drums for 21 years. Yeah. Yep. Sweet. 21 years, man. Yep, I love it. Um, in my heart, this is what I've been called to do. Um, this is this is my claim to fame right here, man. Something that I've I've all you know, I just I don't see myself doing anything else. I mean, I do a lot of the, I do a lot of other things as well. You know, I, I, I found a liking uh, martial arts. Um, you know, I train with a lot of cage fighters. Um, didn't want to do any cage fighting, but I definitely have the skill to do it, and maybe one day. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I might hop in there, you know. But, um, you know, music is my thing, man. You know, I do product music production and stuff like that. So the band I'm playing with now is Dead City Empire. And we um, we teamed up with a producer named Matt Bittman. And he really, really loves the music so much that he decided to join the band. Really? <laughs> Yeah, man. Matt, Matt Bittman is in my band. And um, I, it was kind of crazy how it worked because, I mean, we went to him for the first song. We've been working on an album for like six years now, okay? Um, we should have we – were, we were supposed to release it last year. The album is um, Night Parade. We wanted to release it last year, but, of course, you know, everybody, everybody's got, you know, the coronavirus and, you know, everything's messed up, everything, so – we want to go ahead and release it this year, but the way it happened was um, we we started recording in like uh, four or five years ago, and then we didn't have a bass player. I play bass, but so on the album I played drums. I wrote all the music. I played drums on the album, and I played guitar on the whole album. We didn't have a bass player. I was going to do bass, but Matt just insisted that he played bass. But this was before he even wanted to be in the band. So long story short, you know, we went one year, two years, three years. The album wasn't done. Kept going back. Four years, five years, boom. So finally last September he decided, hey, man, I want to be a part of this band because he literally played bass on every song. You know, he actually bass and keyboard. So we were like, hey, fuck it, man. You know, because we, we had been going – through you know you know our band, band band members drop in and drop out you know oh, yeah. so he's going through that yeah for a while so you know he's got all the connections and hookups so I'm like fuck it man join us let's go <laughs> you know what I'm saying oh yeah yeah what so who's on lead vocals lead vocals is um we call him seven he changed his name to Sky Lennon um everybody in this area knows him as seven though um. And he's very, very good, man. I've been I've been knowing this guy for about ten years now, and um, I actually played in another band with him as well. Not going to mention any names, but um, we have a long history together. And I I couldn't see another singer singing in his spot, man. Like he's he's worth he's worth diamonds to me, man, because his voice is perfect for what we're doing. And he's just a great entertainer. Oh yeah, actually, if it's the one I'm thinking about, I remember him too. Actually, um, mm -hmm. years ago, he was working on this one cartoon called Planet Onyx. Actually, 
Mm. Anyone named Shady Evans. So, yes, Shady Evans, exactly. I'm very familiar with him. You know, we haven't yeah. met, but I know I believe we spoke a couple of times too online. He also had another another band too that really fused Gogo and rock too, and I'm like, kind of me impressed, you know. Mm-hmm. Like a, yeah, he's changed his name. He's changed his name a few times. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I mean, his 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 given name is his born name is Shadi Evans. Yeah, but you know, usually rock stars like me, we don't we don't use our our given names. We, you know, kind of change everything up. But uh, he goes by yeah, he goes by Scott Lennon now. Yeah. You're also another band called Thorno Syndicate too, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, with Throwdown, I'm not actually a full full fledged member. Um, the way that happened was they needed a drummer, and I just kept over the years. I you know I, I've been following James. You know he's a, a lead, the singer, uh, the creator of that band, and I kept seeing him like you know needing new drummers. And I, at the time, I wasn't doing anything. I was like, shit, man, I, I'll I'll sit in for you. So yeah, I actually do play for um, uh, Throwdown Syndicate as well. Uh, I mean, we haven't done anything official to name me the official drummer, but, you know, I'm pretty sure one day that'll come to pass, you know. But, yeah, I'm with um, Throwdown as well. You fit very well, actually, because I remember when Throwdown Syndicate got started. So you definitely yeah. had something to it from the videos I've seen, you know. Also, okay, yeah. along with, um, I can't remember his name right now, but I see him also adding, like, um, vocals, too. can't remember his name. Um Young, young, um, what's African kid? I can't remember his name right now for shit, though. Okay. Um, shit, what is his name? But, like, um, I think it's like, it's like Andre or something like that. Hmm. I can't remember, but I saw a couple of videos of you really working on, y'all really collabing and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, that's fucking perfect. Really? What, what kind of music was it? It was like some, y'all were just kind of jamming, real so like straight some, it was some damn near, if not, it was some straight up metal shit, actually. I was like really digging it, though. Hmm. Um, I can't remember his name right now. It's trying to be crazy because I saw y'all all three on the video. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, in a nutshell, man, I, I play for a lot of different bands in the area. You know what I mean? From from go go to gospel to, to you know heavy metal. You know what I mean? Like I'm definitely a drummer for hire, but my main focus is Dead City Empire. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So how did Dead City Empire get started? Oh, okay. Um. Uh, long story short, me and Seven, we had just um, gotten out of a, a band we played with um, called The Villains 21, and that band pretty much disbanded, and, you know, me and him, you know, we were still good friends, so, you know, he came up with the name, and I was like, shit, that, that sounds, matter of fact, um, he sent me a track a demo track of a song that he wanted to record. And I at this time I hadn't heard from him in over a year. And which which is now actually on this album called Klingon Wars. And when I first heard the song with you know the demo, I was blown away. I was like, yo, what what this is like some totally new shit, you know, like futuristic rock, you know, hip hop hip hop type shit, you know? So after I heard that, I was like, all right, well we need to start this band, you know? So at the time it was only me and him, and uh, we were just having hard time finding other other members. But then two other two other guys came about, um, Poncho and Ed. So Poncho he was with us, and he actually had to move back to Chile 
So we lost another member. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's why I decided to write the whole album on guitars and you know, not you know, basically in the studio it was just me, seven, and Matt. You know, that was it. That's the that was the full band, you know, and I was able to do guitars, drums, backup vocals, and um of course seven he sings and Matt he did bass production and keyboard. So yeah, I mean we've been going for about six years now. Um really looking to uh release everything to the world, drop the album the the new album is called Night Parade. Um right now you can listen to two songs on Spotify. Um one is called Covet and the other one is called Hearts in Exile. Covet has reached over sixty five thousand uh worldwide uh streams. So that's pretty much how everything started. Nice. So drum wise, who's your biggest influence? Drum wise, oh man, I got a lot of great um a lot of great different drummers. I don't like to I really don't like to mention too many people anymore because at this point everybody's in the limelight but myself. So uh right now the man in the mirror is my favorite drummer, Kenny Chaos. Yep. All right. So practice regiment. Practice, um, yeah, so practice, man. You know, sometimes I just um one, I'm always running around playing um with a lot of different groups. So it's sometimes I'll take time away from my personal time practice. But when I when I get uh to my you know, my time to myself I, I usually do a, like I come from a background of like um, like the gospel ch- gospel chop type drummers. Um, that's in my repertoire, but I actually kind of moved away from that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, no offense to it, I love it. I mean, that's what I came up off of. But I just want to do something more unique and different, and make a name for myself, and you know, basically create my own style, which I've been still in the process of it. I mean, it's there. But I still trying to hold home my own style. So as far as practices is concerned, you know, sometimes, you know, I might say fuck the drum set. I might grab a pair of drumsticks and and, and you know bang on some pillows. You know what I'm saying? Because that actually, you know, if you most drummers know when you do that, that helps your um, your wrist get faster. You know, it really does. Yeah, yeah. So I do a lot of different things, or maybe I'll just listen um, to some of the music I like and just play along with that. You know, or maybe you know, put a metronome on and put it at, you know, three three hundred beats per minute. You know what I'm saying? And just just see if I can keep up. You know? Yeah. All right. You mentioned earlier you're getting to martial arts too, right? Yeah. Okay. So, what's your discipline? Okay. So I did a lot of few different um, martial arts. Um, right now, I train under Master Lord Irvin. Um, he has a lot of. He he just had a fighter named U, um, Sadiq Youssef. He fought in the UFC actually last week. He lost by decision, but he's uh, he's doing really good. Sadiq is doing really good in the UFC. I think he's had maybe two or three fights so far, and he's been on a great winning streak. So we're looking forward to him continuing on and maybe one day grabbing that title. 
Um, but as far as me, um, I do it for fun. I just love martial arts. Um, mar- uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, who I started, and um, now I'm focusing more so on Muay Thai kickboxing. I like. I'm I'm more of a stand-up fighter. Um, and when I say fighter, I mean more so like not in the cage or the ring. Uh, you know, the type of areas that I came up, you you kind of had to know how to defend yourself. So I always want. I didn't grow up with any brothers or anything. I got three sisters, so of course they didn't teach me how to fight. So I had to pr- pretty much figure it out on my own. So I, you know, that's when I started getting into martial arts because, like, yo, you gotta learn. You gotta know how to fight. <laughs> Coming up in these areas, you know. So um, I recommend anybody to try martial art, even if you know just for fun. You know, or just if you want to learn how to defend yourself, go learn boxing, learn Muay Thai, you know, learn Jiu-Jitsu, you know. It's just something I, I love to do. I've always done it, and I always will. I, I call it the three M's, music, martial arts, and money. Those are three things I'm always going to have be associated with. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating because when I think of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I always think of the hardcore scene. Okay. I know there's yeah. a lot of guys from that scene that were part of the hardcore scene, especially in New York. They all end up in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh, wow. I don't know how wow. or why. They just do. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah my uh, my instructor, Master Lorder, he's uh, in the, the Gracie lineage, per se. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So we, we get some good teaching over there at um, Lord of his Martial Arts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. So, when do you think the popularity started? Because it's nothing new, but I noticed over the last decade, popularity popped up. You think it's connected to UFC, or is this kind of a coincidence? Uh, hmm, that's a good question. Well, I think I think um, UFC and you know just cage fighting in general. I think that's kind of like the new wave. You know, I think that's pretty much the biggest. Um, combat sport, in my opinion, I mean, I, I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's outranking boxing right now. You know, like everybody's watching UFC over a boxing match. I mean, I love boxing, don't get me wrong, but you know, I think right now the UFC is just that big wave. I mean, we're living in a time where, you know, you can have a seven-year-old child that can look on TV and see, you know, fighters like Sadiq or fighters like. Um, uh, you know, just the big time fighters or anybody could be, you name it, and say, "Hey, I want to grow up and do what you know, do what they do," and they can grow up from seven years old training from now until it's time of maybe twenty twenty one to be able to get in the ring. They're gonna be a monster. You so you know what I mean. So like, when if if that wasn't happening when I was coming up, you know, the cage fighting wasn't happening when I was coming up, you know. So yeah, so if you if you take somebody right now to seven, put them in a, in in a training facility, teach them, you know how to fight, you know how to you know mixed martial arts, man, that's uh, it's, it's going to take mixed martial arts to a whole nother stratosphere, because you're going to have these young guys coming up and starting from babies, and you know what I mean? Because most of the fighters today, they've only been training for five years. Maybe six years, you know what I mean? And now they're in the UFC, you know? So imagine having that same person training for 20 years. Oh, yeah. And then going to the UFC. That's a, 
the fights are going to be outrageous in the next 10 years. I mean, in 10 years and beyond. I remember when I was younger in the 90s, I used to watch UFC. And I remember, like, it has changed drastically because when I was coming, yeah. it, it was like, weight class. <laughs> right. No weight class. No right. Fucking weight class. Just don't kick the guy in the balls. That was right. the rule, you know? Right. No gloves, no weight classes. Um, you know, some guys would go in there with the full kimono on. Yes. Fight, you know, one guy went in there with one boxing glove on. <laughs> he lost, by the way. <laughs> but he didn't know any that. better. I've always yeah, loved he didn't know any better. Yeah. yeah. I've always loved it because it was literally mixed martial arts. It was literally like, okay, your discipline versus my discipline. Which one wins? Right. I, I exactly. love that idea. Right, you know? and that that takes it back to what I was when I was talking about, like, um, like you know, not that I'm an avid street fighter or anything like that, but you know, when I was growing up, you know, you had to be able to, you know, defend yourself. So if you're gonna, you know, if somebody's gonna push you in the back and you know want to fight you, you're not gonna be in the same weight class as him. He might be outweigh you by thirty pounds. But guess what? You got to start swinging or do something. If not, you're going to get taken advantage of. So basically, that older style of UFC is more real than anything. It really is, you know. You know? Yeah. It really is, you know. I just had a quick flashback to um, my buddy, actually. Actually, two of them. This one dude um, named Rod, actually, out on the West Coast. Um, they call him Rod Core, you mm -hmm. know, or, or Roderick B. Palmer of uh, this band called Year of the Dragon, right? Which is kind of like a splinter band of literally Fishbone and what's the other band called? Um, she has on the tip of my tongue. Um, they were actually like one of the first '80s black metal bands. Um, not Stone Vengeance; those the other guys. Um, they had an album called Rock Without the Roll. You know, mm -hmm. I can't remember their names right now. But anyway, he told me this story about how he was in a street fight because. Well, technically, he admitted he started it. What happened was, he was at a he was at a show one time, and he was flirting with this guy's girlfriend, and mm. he admitted he shouldn't have done that, right? But on the other hand, okay. how would you know that was his girlfriend? Whatever, right? Okay. He mm. said, I don't know if I was that drunk or he was that fast, but every time I saw his foot, it would just be kicking me in the face. Oh my goodness! Terrible. So, oh, it gets <laughs> worse, and this is the um. This is the this is the coup de grace story. So what he did was he basically played possum, right? So mm. got all the kicks in the face, falls on the ground, right? And almost like a horror movie, his hand flies up on the guy's crotch and he basically squeezes balls until one pops. Oh no, that's terrible. Exactly. <laughs> the scream. That's terrible. Man. The scream was probably heard up in Portland. This happened in L.A. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that that's pretty fucked up, man. <laughs> He's not proud of it. I just keep remembering that. So it's like when it comes to street fighting, there are no fucking rules. It's about survival. Right. You know, and the good thing is, I mean, if you do decide to train, you know, I'm not saying martial arts is magic because it's not. You know, I have seen martial artists get their asses kicked. I mean, um, Gracie, uh, was it Royce Gracie said it best. Um your if you're a black belt or whatever belt you are, your belt only covers two inches of your ass and you have to cover the rest. You know what I'm saying? So, you know but if you're a martial artist and if you train, you do have an advantage over somebody 
who's not training and sitting down on the couch eating donuts. True. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you have a so that, focus. Right, right. So, you know, I recommend anybody to, if they never tried it, you know, just, just go out and train, you know, train and have a good time. Yeah. Because it's a skill you might need. You never know when you're going to need it. I got to go back into it, to be, to be told. Like, um, all right, this is one story. What happened was, bottom line is, I find out why when guys get flipped, it's not so much about the strength of the other guy. It's what you're going with the flip or else you're going to lose your arm. Yeah. I learned that the hard way, actually. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, that, mom- that momentum, man, is, is crazy. Oh, yeah, exactly, you know? Uh, D's still mad at me because I blocked a punch from him. <laughs> right. Still mad at me, but anyway. Eh, but yeah, yeah. I also, uh, since we're on the topic, I am a, and we talked about this before, I'm a crazy, crazy fan of old school WWF. Not the E, but the WWF. I was just about to mention the name Kenny <laughs> Chaos. That was the perfect point. Yes. So how'd you get into yeah. Kenny Chaos anyway? Okay, so first off, um, a friend of mine gave me that name, right? And then one day I decided to look it up on um, YouTube. And, you know, well, basically how I got the name is, you know, because my personality, I'm very, um, very exciting person, just to say, you know, just to say the least. Um, and a friend of mine named me that. But then I found out there was a wrestler in the WCW named Kenny Chaos. And I was thinking about dropping the name, but the reason I didn't is because, one, he's a wrestler and I'm not, and, two, he retired, you know. But, you know, besides that, man, like, I am a avid fan. Like, I I will sit here right now and, and like, on a, on a fucking Friday night, grab some popcorn, and watch WrestleMania 3 from start to finish. I love wrestling that much. I really can't get into the, uh, you know, the AWEs or WWEs of today, you know, and it's probably because, you know, like back then I looked up to the Macho Man, Randy Savages, the Ultimate Warriors, the Hulk Hogan's, and the Roddy Pipers and stuff like that. So it was a, definitely a different era. But I think, my opinion, the wrestlers of, of, you know, the old school wrestling guys, man, they had something special and unique that we may never, ever, ever see again no. in history. You know what I'm saying? No. And I've given I've given the AWEs a chance, man, because I still love the concept of wrestling. Me too. I actually wanted to, yeah, I wanted to be a wrestler at one point. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and still could do it if I want to. Oh, totally. But. Right, but you know what I'm saying. Like I've I've been watching these guys, and it's just something missing. Maybe it's something that they're overdoing it. Um, maybe back then the wrestlers didn't give a fuck if you know they, you know, crashed into a table or hit somebody over the head too hard. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of moves has been pulled from the repertoire where you can't do this move because you know people have died or people have gotten injured. You know what I mean? So I think back then, you know, with the Legion of Doom and you know what I mean? Like, man, I think the new these new wrestlers just I don't know, man. I don't think they got it. It's a combination of things. Unless you mm. really came up in that kind of old school. I figured it out though. The thing about it okay. is this. One thing is this. Back in the day, all right, I'll never forget this when Al Snow mentioned this. 
he said a while back, but also he's from the old school too. Like um, I didn't realize how far back he went, but he made a really good point about this. Guys don't let the gimmick out anymore. Okay, there you go. That's one there thing, right? And right. like for example, if there was ever a town, you know, well then WWF was doing a taping at like Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, or whatever. He would literally walk around town with the fucking mannequin head. Exactly. Yeah. And the reason why was this. He would go to Denny's, talk to the mannequin head, just having dinner or whatever, talking to the mannequin head, like having a conversation with it. And the reason why was this. You are not going to forget a guy talking to a fucking mannequin head. Yeah. So if you happen right. to be scrolling like through channels, like, hey, it's that guy with the mannequin head. We saw it at Denny's. Then it right. Right. Look close. Yeah, I mean, I, go ahead. The closest you can get now, in my opinion, is MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. That's the closest you can get. Because, you know what? If he's, in, if he's in the area, just in case, he will act like a fucking asshole. Right. He will completely do it, though. You know the reason why? Because same idea, you know, going back to the old school. Shit. Yeah. Um, uh, and I heard, like, I heard, like, um, wrestlers like Macho Man Randy Savage. Like he lived it, like you said, he lived it twenty four hours. So he would go into McDonald's. Ooh yeah, I want a double cheeseburger with the small fry and a large Coke. You know what I'm saying? You know, a few guys I know actually pull that fucking voice off because I try to shit this wrist my voice up. You know? Yeah, I've been doing I've been doing his voice for a long time, and that was one of my favorite wrestlers, man. Rest in peace. The closest I can do is like um, mankind because. Really, if you think about a Cactus Jack and Mankind's voice is pretty much Terry Funk. Yeah, right. You know, but um, but exactly, it's like hell. I remember hearing a story about Macho Macho Randy Savage when he was in Kentucky stealing steaks. Actually, and we're like, what the fuck you gonna do? Stop him? <laughs> you really can't. He was stealing steaks. Yes, he would do but shit. Like, what? Why would he do that? Well, first of all, this, it, when he, this is when he was actually a heel, right? Also, times were kind of tough back in the Indies. Oh, okay, okay. So okay. he would do shit like that, and also like um. Uh, you guys like six four. What are you gonna do? Stop him? <laughs> Hell, right? He ain't gonna yeah. do shit. Um, but you're right. It's yeah. one of those kind of deals where, you know, I put it this way. It was Shane Helms that said this something like, "Um, to my best James Helms. He has a he has a really thick Southern accent. He's he sounds a little bit like Foghorn Leghorn to me a little bit. Mm-hmm. He says something like, "Um, it's like, listen, I can't make I can't make you think wrestling's real, but I can make you think I'm real or something like that." Right. Yeah, and I think people, a lot of people, forgot to do that, you know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, but the funny thing about it is, or I'm more intrigued by how certain guys, where, you know, the real person behind is way cooler than the damn gimmick. Yeah, you know, like um. Yeah, I mean, you gotta have a gimmick, man. I mean, even even as a musician, you know what I'm saying? Totally. You kind of you you have to have a gimmick behind that shit, man. You know Completely. what I mean? Like, cause it, think about it. This is entertainment. Exactly. You no, know, nobody wants you to see you showing up in a, you know, like you're going fishing. You want to look. If you if you're a rock star, if you're in a rock band, you need to look the part. You know what I'm saying? You got to look the part. True. You know. You don't have to the, do any. Go ahead. You know that one of the greatest heels in 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 rock music is. Who was that? Iggy Pop. Oh yeah. Check out the Metallic oh, yeah. KO album. He knew how to piss off an audience. Wow. You know. I'll never forget the time he actually somebody spat him and she caught it with his hand. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget wow. when somebody tried to come at tried to come at him and everything was saying like, um, 
I think a little bit overweight in the audience, by the way, or something like that. It just yeah. And somebody said, "Uh, you fuck both." Oh, good bitch, you like to, huh? I was like, "Yeah, look, right. you." He's, the guy was on the heavier side. He's like, "You know, you have tits, right? Your little pink tits, little, you have little pink titties right here." I was like, "What the fuck?" You would do shit like that, <laughs> just roast the fuck out of him. You know? Right? Yeah. But you know, if if they combine, if if we combine, uh, wrestling like the old school type wrestling and music, I think that'll be uh. You know what I'm saying? Like, basically having that persona of a, of a macho man put, you know, and have that in a rock band, man, pfft, sky's the limit. Funny story you mentioned that. All right. Did you ever watch ECW when you were younger? Yeah. You know Sinister Minister, right? Yeah. He actually got to start in the rock band. Yeah, just like, uh, I know you know, um... Jericho, Chris Jericho, he yeah. had a band. Yeah, yeah, I remember where they first started in 1999 or Fozzie Osbourne. Yeah, when yeah, Stuck yeah. Mojo, you know, they were, you know, they were they were WCW fans, so they're actually in a couple of. In fact, they have some wrestlers in the video and everything. And I remember when Fozzie first got first rumblings of it in a World of Wrestling magazine. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, another good another good thing too would be, and I know somebody's gonna steal my idea, but fuck it. Um, to merge wrestling with cage fighting. So what I mean is not not have it predetermined, but basically have all the storylines, have all the beef set up, and then you know let them really really fight it out. Yeah, have a shoot. You know, fight but out. like yeah, but just straight up have like like the choreograph like beefs, and you know what I'm saying. But the fight be real. Still, the fight is still real. But make it more entertaining, you know, like people uh, coming down to the ring, like like uh, like Shawn Michaels off the string and shit, like man, like that shit would be huge. Kind of like Brawl for all done right, right? It, it, it would definitely put, in my opinion, if somebody did that shit right, it would put the AWEs and the uh, WWEs to shame. It really would, you know, it like really would. I'll put it this way: that's the core thing because there's three. Things I'm hearing about people basically fell out of it though, right? The first thing is that like you know, but it's kind of funny how some people are you know, they claim they don't watch anymore. <coughs> Lucas, you know, yeah, <coughs> sorry, right. I see him in the comment section of Bobby Lashley, so I'm gonna say I'm like, I thought you, I thought you didn't watch anymore, dude. Well, <laughs> right. But um, the second thing is or the believability, right? And you know what, I do see the point about that. You know, at least kind of make mm. me forget though. You know, like um. Like, uh, or better yet, though, I always thought it'd be kind of cool to basically have, like, at least for certain, like, pay-per-views, like, get a little stiffer on occasion, you know, like, be like an American Strong Style kind of thing, you know, like how to do in Japan, you know? Like, I okay. remember, like, like I became up between, like, well, I remember when they brought um, New Japan over on Axis TV in 2014, right? And um, mm -hmm. they also had Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor on there as well. Well, no, it was Ring of Honor, it was Ring of Honor, another channel, too. But, um... New Japan, they put really because here's the deal about it. Back in the day, what everybody would do was a lot of wrestlers from the U.S. They will always go over to Japan, and right, and they don't do that anymore. They don't do that anymore. You know, like damn near everybody. Either they spent some time at AJPW, NJPW, um, Noah, or they even did some pancreas shit. You know. Mm -hmm. Well, I hear, I, I heard that the. The, the Japanese wrestling was more more real yeah. than yeah, Stone so that's Stone. probably why they don't do that shit no more 
Because I think the the cupcake wrestlers of today, you know, they they want to stay in you know in the bakery, you know. I get it though. It's like you know, I put it. I commend it for working safe. But the thing about it was make you kind of you know forget too. It's like um, I put it this way. Even if it isn't, I put it this way. I put it this way. Here's the kicker about it. One thing about this. If you want, because I've been on the end of, I'm, I've been on the other end of a working punch, actually, right? That's an art in itself, too. You know, in fact, mm-hmm. I never forget a Ric Flair. He told the story how to throw a pr- proper working punch. Get a piece of string and tape it up to the ceiling. And the day you can get close enough to it and the string doesn't move, that means you master it. Mm. Simple as that. Okay. okay. That's one thing I learned, you know. But it's kind of funny you mention that because, you okay, in Maryland, you know, you have um, Dan McDevitt's uh, school and also promotion in Maryland Championship Wrestling, you know, yeah. or MCW, you know, where a lot of guys that came through, including, you know, actually out of PG County, Leo Rush, mm. you know, where he actually dude out of Lanham, you know, and, you know, I commend him. He went up there, did the work and everything, and, like, uh, mm. that's, like, their homegrown dude. Shoot. Wow. Um, Velveteen Dream, actually. He also, um, Patrick, he was over on Tough Enough. He also spent some time over at MCW as well. Like, um, mm. also, Lita was there, too. Um, Balls Mahoney actually got banned from uh, Maryland, too. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, man, I, I think I would fit right in, man, because, one, I've been watching the shit from day one, and, you know, I, I know, of course, it's different being on the other side of the TV or whatever, but um, I know how it goes, man, you know what I'm saying, like, my martial arts background and stuff like that. I, I even got my own... I even got my own uh, finishing move. It's, all right, it's called the Chaos Crush. It's a submission. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got everything planned out, man. I probably couldn't use the Kenny Chaos gig, you know what I'm saying, because that's already a wrestler. But I would probably, um, you know what I would do? Alter it. I, I would do, no, this is what I would do. I'd change it up. I would be basically the black, um, what's that dude's name? Bro? Rude, Rick Rude. Ravishing Rick Rude. I'd be the black Ravishing Rick Rude. You know, that's the first time I never... i put it this way. I've seen a lot of guys do like an homage or basically pull back. I've never seen anybody do like a, like a black guy trying to imitate Rick Rude. Yeah, yeah. That's basically, that's what I would do. So whoever's listening, don't don't take my uh, don't take my gimmick, all right? I'm the black Rick Rude out here. You got to come through me, brother. You know, the funny thing about it is, though, it's proof right here that you had the idea. Oh, okay. Exactly. So technically, the right. thing about it, it was proof because I'm like, wait a minute. He heard the episode, so therefore, yeah, there's proof right there. You know, so I could sue him, right? <laughs> you know what? I put it this way: it's like it's a possibility. You know? Oh no! I mean, you're 100 percent right. I mean, this is this is published um, goods. So hey, yeah. you're exactly right. Shoot. Yeah. But you know, I mean, you know, realistically, I, I don't. Feeling my heart, I'm gonna go down that route. But hey, sometimes in life, man, life takes you places to where you you never realize you would go. You never know. I mean, okay, you yeah. heard of you heard of Kelly Bell band, right? Yeah. Remember, Kelly Bell was a was a worker for a second. Mm. He was a wrestler too for a second, so there's a possibility. Okay. Hell, yeah. um, over in over in AEW, you have um, the guys. Damn, um, it's in that one band. I can't remember their names right now for shit, though. But it's the guy with the handlebar mustache. Mm-hmm. As they lay dying, I believe. You know, he's a, he's a guitar player in there, you know. Mm-hmm. He's in The Butcher and the Blade. So, you know, apparently he was actually, he was actually a wrestler in the indies for a second, too. Hell, mm-hmm. um, throwing it back to WCW, um, I begrudgingly bring it up, though. Don't forget the Misfits were there, too. 
So okay, you never yeah. know. This is this is a very fascinating crossover between the oh, two. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know? definitely. But well, fa- okay. So going back to it too, it's like there's another band you're into, but we're not going to mention the name of that though. But I do notice how they fuse rock and go go, right? Yeah, yeah. Not going to mention their names, you know. But um, but yeah. But I'm just been thoroughly intrigued by. There's always been this weird kind of kinship or flirtation between like punk rock and go-go's really since the 80s in dc you know i mean for example like minor threats last show was open for up for trouble funk um big tony you know in fact big tony's birthday bash you know back in 2014 had uh the food fighters close it out um hell big boys did a cover of trouble funk as well there was another band Mm -hmm. too in the area that was there was another band as well actually um Back in the uh, back in the eighties, with the guitar player from the current guitar player Fishbone, Mark Phillips, that he was in to what they called the Young Caucasians, and they were fusing go go and rock, you know, and one song's yeah. called Right on Time. So it's not exactly the newest idea, and also the other band called Geppetto as well, mm-hmm. and they're like because I talked to one of the dudes earlier, it's getting one member named Chris, and um, I've always been intrigued like how they, it's like say. It's like sailing ships in the night. I mean, for example, what band did a cover of Paramore's Misery Business? Hell, uh, Fatal Attraction did an interpolation of um, of Last Resort. You know, mm-hmm. you know. So, all right. So, um, so like, you know, what's your approach when it comes to fusing Go Go and also um, and also yeah. rock? Though, what's your approach to that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely um, it's not easy. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think nowadays, nowadays it probably is it's easier now because a lot of people now do listen to you know various genres of music. So yeah, I take that back. It is easier now nowadays. Um, yeah, I believe so. I mean, it's got to be right. I mean, you know, you got to. I mean, I've been doing go-go for a very long time. Probably played for a thousand and one go-go bands. Um, but you know, the core beat is usually you know, the core go-go beats, you know what I'm saying? And the music, you can just put the music over top of that. So, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I'm currently, you know, drumming for a go-go slash rock band, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's you know, it, it's something that catches a lot of people off guard, especially nowadays that, you know, we, we talked about how people that are not from this area come here you know, from Oregon, Chicago, and everywhere else. And they finally found out about this go-go music that they've never heard of. You know, it's good, man, to, to merge the two. You know, it, it, could, it could broaden go-go and make it more of a um, household name. I mean, it should have been, in my opinion, go-go should be way bigger than it than what it is today. It really should theoretically because I remember for a second they were trying to expand down to Atlanta, Georgia because a lot of DC transplants are down in um yeah are down in like um you know down yep. in Georgia in the south yeah. yeah and also some were out in um in LA as well you know like mm-hmm. uh, they actually had Mochella out in LA with reaction okay. with uh, I believe it was Tob or reaction I know the guitar player reaction this guy named Brooks Anderson. Uh, the second, I know he's, you know, in this one band out there too. So it's almost like they're trying to spread the seed of go-go and whatnot, right? But yeah. one thing I've always been intrigued by, like, okay, so obviously you're not the only 
one that plays go-go but also hip to rock you know and vice versa right i've always wondered do you think there's space for like a band really that could you know fuse both elements like do like go-go versus rock songs because in said band you know that you're in um i did hear y'all do a queens of the stone age song yeah and droopy told us with a go-go beat it made total fucking sense like yeah you know i'm like i kind of like this one a lot better you know, right. than the original, you know? Yeah, well, here's the thing. With the reason I found out the reason that a lot of people don't like Go-Go is because it's not original music. I mean, of course, a Go-Go band can have an original song, but typically, it's, you know, it's it's someone else. It's a cover song, Yeah. you know? Yeah. And when you when you add the Congos and the you know, Timbales or whatever, like Cowbell and shit, like people, like, what the, f-? like, they, they've never heard of it. They're like, what the fuck is this? And why why are you putting that Congo and Timbali and Cowbell and Drum to a, a fucking Nelly song? Like, what the fuck? The, Nelly, the song doesn't go like that. You know exactly. Like, so it's confusing. It if, is. If you're not from here, it's totally confused. I mean, I always say, I mean, I could have been born anywhere in, the, in, this, in this world, but I was born here, you know? And I look at it as a good thing because I love go-go music. I fucking love it, you know, and 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 when I hear about other people who don't love it, I'm like, why why don't you like it? But you know, it just dawned on me, man. Like, it's not for everybody, you know, because they they don't they first they're not gonna understand it, you know. I was dealing with um, a young lady that was from Pennsylvania, and you know, I let her hear it, and she was like, she just listened to it. I was like, you don't like that? And she's just standing there, just listening to it. She couldn't get it. She didn't know what the fuck to do. Like, <laughs> but it is what it's one of those things. Here's the common thread between house music, go go, and hardcore punk and metal. The common thread is this: a lot of times they're a live experience. So, right, if you're like in a club basically and you're house music, right? And it's like, okay, if you listen to it yourself, unless it's well written, unless it's well written, you know, songcraft wise, shout out to Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. You know, damn shame they split though. But, you know, oh, they did? Yeah, Daft Punk split, you know. Oh, yeah. man. Exactly, you Sucks. know. So I'm like, shit, you know. So, you know, so, but it's like, if you're like a, so unless it's something written like that, you know. But if you listen to it on the radio, it's almost like, what the fuck is this repetitive shit? But you go to a club, okay, and that would make sense in that context. Okay, if you listen to yeah. like, if you listen to like some hardcore band, you know, and I'm like, listen to at home, you're not used to it, you know, you're not going to feel the energy, right? Um, right. Go go, basically, PA tape, same idea. If you're not there, it's not going to fit right. You know, same thing with metal, like you know, for example, like I'll put it this way, you know, the first time I heard, like, I wasn't really crazy about metalcore, you know, or even the double bass stuff because I kind of felt like it wasn't done right, but then. I was at this one live show, right? And her like, okay, now I get it. That was fucking dope as shit. So now it all connects. Sometimes it's the live experience that's what's needed, you know? Yeah. So this is one of those kind of deals where... Well, you know, I'm going to say this, too. Um, besides just go-go, like, okay. So what? another thing is you have a, like, okay, a rock, let's say it's a straight-up rock band, right? Brand new band, nobody's ever heard of them, and you're opening for, let's say, Foo Fighters, right? Nowadays, people will just stand there. I don't give a fuck how good you sound, okay? They will stand there 
as if they're like zombies in a trance, and they'll just look at you. You know why? Because they're not familiar with the song or the music. You know, they're like totally dumbfounded. And I and I did some research. That's only happening like in our generation, because back in the day, like when they started like uh, Woodstock and shit, like people just went. I don't give a fuck if if Papa Smurf and and the Giants were playing. They're dancing. They're having a good time. But nowadays, like, you, you could be singing the, the best song. You could have the best song, whatever, whatever, whatever. People are just going to stand there and look at you if they don't know your music. So that's why it's important to to have the Spotify's or just to have, you know, a, a site where everybody can go to hear your shit before you get to their town. Because if not, they're just going to stand there. And it sucks. Totally. One thing I'm discovering is this too. I, I call it a car, I call it a sideshow theory. All right, you ever kind of notice when an article artist goes viral, and it's the there was there was this tagline back maybe like wow maybe like nine or ten years ago. Somebody said this is the worst thing I ever heard, right? Mm. And I'm like, if it's the worst thing you ever heard, why the fuck are you sharing it? Wait a minute, who would say that? Who would say that this is the worst thing they ever heard? Okay, like for example, damn, this might be like. Wow, nine years ago. Remember when Trinidad James all go everything? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the worst thing I ever heard. And they post it. And I'm like, oh, if it's the okay. worst thing I ever heard, why the fuck are you posting it? Well, it's probably probably using reverse psychology. You know, same thing with um with Fetty Wap. I'm like, if you hate it so much, why do you keep sharing it? Because it feels like somebody will share some shit they hate or claim to hate instead of sh- something like because they don't want the oh you like that. But if you can collectively laugh at something that sucks or whatever do quote unquote sucks actually, right? Because good is subjective. One thing we're discovering. You know, like your taste, would you ever consider gray your taste or anything, right? It might be yeah. like they'll try to say, like, you know, well, why are you posting that? But if it's something that, that sucks, then you want to laugh at. Like for example, like okay, the song um you know, Gang Banging by Smokey Robinson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the song was fucking terrible, actually. It, it, it fucking was, you know, right? But my question for you is this. So, why don't you post some of the good shit by it that he did? Yeah. It's a weird thing, because we'll all collectively laugh at something that sucks, instead of share something mm-hmm. we like, because you might feel embarrassed for liking it. Okay. You know? yeah. But yeah, it might be... Well, also, this is for, for a psychology thing there, too. I can see that as well. But yeah. that's just one of those things where I never could understand about people, you know? I'm like... So, or I just, one thing I noticed is too, okay, here's the weird thing. When we're coming up, you know, I'm trying to figure out, I think we're age peers, I'm 36, so I'm guessing we're like, we're mm-hmm. in the same age or anything, right? Yeah. So, yeah. okay, I'm kind of confused by this too. Um, you ever kind of notice this weird nostalgia for the Backstreet Boys? Yeah. When the fuck did this happen? Because hmm. when we were like 15, 16, people would basically make fun of them called the Backstreet Boys. Or in sync, instinct, instead of another way. We're pulling for Britney Spears. I'm like, you said Spear Britney. What the fuck are y'all talking about? Yeah. So yeah, it's this weird yeah. thing where I kind of believe people are full of shit, though. Yeah, well, you, of course. Of course, people are full of shit. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. So it's this weird thing I notice about, you know, culturally, like, you know, I mean, like Royal We. You know, it feels like the more you shit on something, you actually like this stuff, but don't want to admit it, though. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's all about, you know, hopping on the bandwagon, man. You know, 
unfortunately, we got to wrap it up right now. So is there anything out there that you want us to check out? Yeah, um, uh, before we go, man, first I want to say thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for allowing me to do this. No problem. Uh, I really love your show. Thank you. Um, I want more people to listen to it, and I'm, I'm definitely going to spread the news when it comes out. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, man, you know, check out my band, Dead City Empire. We released 2021 this year. Um, the the long await, long awaited, highly anticipated album is is going to soon drop this year, called Night Parade. Uh, I put a lot of time into it, a lot of thought. We put a lot of time and effort into it. Me, Seven, Matt Bittman. Um, uh, go check us out on at Dead City Empire, Instagram, Facebook, and I don't I don't think we have a Twitter yet, but uh, Instagram is the main one. Check me out, uh, Kenny Chaos Drummer on uh, Instagram, and um, live life, have fun, eat chocolate and chicken. All right, good <laughs> advice. All right. Thanks, Chief. All right, buddy. All right, bye. Peace. Hey, that was Kenny Chaos. Check him out on Instagram under the name Kenny Chaos Drummer. Until next time, take it easy.